Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Some, um, some important questions and some not so important questions, but we're going to get through now. I, I just want to say first, before we start off this morning, it's about Jack's birthday, it's about celebrating Jack and all that kind of thing, but it's more than that. This should be, just thinking as we're watching all those different videos that we watch, this should be... This should be um, this morning should challenge us in, in kind of areas of uh, things, words like family and honor and heritage and things like that. Like what, all those videos that we saw of people sending messages to Jack, that's not from two hours every Sunday morning that Jack's done. It's not from the past few months or the past couple of years. It's from, it's from his, his whole life that he's kind of given to Jesus, and, and it's the fruit of that. So that this morning, don't just see it as a birthday celebration for Jack, although it is. It's more than that. It should be a challenge to us in just, um, in just kind of our big picture life stuff, really. So just be kind of thinking of that as we, as we ask Jack just a few questions this morning. So first of all, a big question. Jack, what's your favorite chocolate bar? Um, I'm going to have to hurry you. Whole, a whole nut. A whole nut. Oh, all right, interesting. Whole, right. Favorite, favorite meal? Favorite meal? It's probably a curry, actually. Curry, right. Good choice. Holiday destination? Um, probably somewhere I haven't been yet. Right. <laughs> I'll let you pass on that one. Favorite, you can't use that answer for all these questions. Favorite place in the UK apart from Preston? Uh, um, air. Favorite place in England? <laughs> I, lo- I love Preston. Uh, okay, okay, then. We'll, we'll carry on. What's the last good book that you read? <laughs> wow. Uh, last good book I read? Yeah, no. I'm not saying the Bible, obviously. Um, <laughs> Over the years, I've read some really good books, but there's one book that um, some of you I know have read uh, that I uh, really changed my life back in... No, some of you haven't read this, actually. Um, a book by a guy called David Watson, who, who was a Church of England vicar, and he died of cancer. And that book I read in my 20s, and it was called Discipleship, and it really changed my life. It was a book that really changed the way I walked with, with Jesus and so forth, so that was my favorite book, I think. Okay, we'll, we'll carry on through some of the silly questions. Your favourite fruit? <laughs> some fruits I'm not allowed to eat now. <laughs> grapes, yeah, grapes. Grapes, red or green? Red. Red, yeah, agreed. Favourite day of the week? Don't say Sunday, come on, a pro- proper, proper answer. Mon- Monday, <laughs> Monday, day off. <laughs> All right. Wor- worst day of the week? <laughs> I actually don't have a worst day of the week. Oh, I, see. I, re- I really Spiritual don't. man, spiritual I really man. Mean that. Right. Um, At my age, you're glad to have another day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Starbucks or Costa? Oh. Well, with Susan, it would be Costa. If it was on myself... It's it your would, birthday. Well, it would be ever which one was nearest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Andy Murray or Rod Stewart? Oh, wow. And you can't say whichever one is nearest? Uh, I, Rod Stewart. Oh, Rod Stewart. Right. One Direction or Justin Bieber? Neither. <laughs> okay, what's your toughest achievement? Pastoring a church or running the London Marathon? Pastoring a church. Pastoring a church. Thought you might say that, yeah. <laughs> right, if you have a scone, or a, is it a scone or a scone to you? Scone. Scone. If you have a scone, it's a scone, but as it's your birthday. If you have a scone, <laughs> do you put jam on the cream or cream on the jam? Well, we, we talk about this every time we have it, don't we? And Susan always has to remind me it's jam on the scone and then cream on the top. Is that right? 
Well, my, I, I heard something interesting a while ago. If you, if you take nothing home from church this morning, take home this, that um, one is from Devon and one is from Cornwall, and there's a bit of a rivalry that goes with it. Personally, whichever's the firmest, I put on the bottom. So if it's a tough jam, but anyway, we'll carry on. Okay. That's not what this morning's about. <laughs> okay, so Jack, you, you talked a little bit about um, that book, which you just mentioned. That was something that you read in your 20s. I don't know whether this question um, ties into that or not, but I know you grew up in a Christian family. Mm-hmm. You kind of grew up going to church all your life. Can you think of a specific time in your life? Because I know you, you, you became a Christian when you were probably a, a young boy. Am I right yes, in that? That's right. Is there, is there a, a story behind that that you want to tell? Or is well, that the story is that Nancy, who talks on the, the screen there, my sister, uh, got saved when she was seven. And uh, whether this was her personality, whether it was a move of God, I'm not sure, but she was jumping on top of the bed and she kept saying to my mom that... Uh, you know, I can't sit still, you know, it's, I'm so happy and, and everything else. And then uh, she obviously decided that she had a spiritual gift of evangelism because she uh, decided that I would be her first convert. So her opening uh, gambit and uh, conversational style was, Jack, Jim, that's my eldest brother, is going to heaven. Tom, who's here today, Tom's going to heaven. Jack, I'm going to heaven, Nancy said. Jack, you're going to hell. <laughs> Unless you get right with God. Now. <laughs> and I, in inverted commas, got saved at that moment. Because I decided that everybody else is going to this place called heaven. I think I will go too. Uh, but three years later, I decided for myself. And I remember going to my mother saying, if you're not sure that you're a Christian, what should I do? And my mother told me. And uh, that's when I became a Christian. That's great. Can you, can you think, is there another time... Um, over some point over the past 60 years or since that moment where it became much more of a, you know, like a, a real, I want to follow Jesus. I want to, you know, at the time it might, I might be wrong, but it was probably more, I want Jesus to be my friend, you know, kind of nice in that childhood way. Was there a time where it became real and the rubber hit the road? Oh, so I remember when I, when I read the book by David Watson called Discipleship, that was really the moment I read the book and realized that discipleship, sorry, that deciding for Christ wasn't a decision. It was a walk. It was a discipleship. And the book really made it clear to me. So I remember going to Rob Whitaker, some of you know, and I went around to, he lived in a little terraced house in, Bamber, uh, in Lost Oak Hall. And I remember going around to see Rob, and I said, Rob, I need to see you. And uh, so he, took, he takes me in and uh, sits me down. And he says, what is it? I don't know what he was waiting for me to say. I think he was waiting for some sort of bombshell. And I said, I just wanted to tell you that I've read this book and I've decided I actually want to be a disciple. I don't want to be a decision, you see. And uh, he says, and I, he says, is that it? I says, yeah. He says, great, let's have a cup of tea. <laughs> and something that was, was momentous with me was, uh, I, thought, I felt a bit cheated really. I, I felt like the heavens would open and there'd be angels singing. But no, let's have a cup of tea. So, but, but, but that was brilliant, yeah. And so what happened after that? After that conversation, how did life change? I think a long journey began and, and a, long, a long walk towards heaven with, with uh, realizing that God was with me and for me and uh, goes before you and goes behind you. No, absolutely. And so, obviously, that's a decision that you made um, many years ago, but you're sat here now, yeah. um, years later, pastored a church, founded a church, all, the, all that you do. How, how do you kind of... How do you keep going? Like, so, so first of all, I'll break that down into a couple of questions. So in your, 
in your kind of private devotional time and how you read yeah. the Bible and, yeah. and your prayer life, what does that look like practically for Jack? Because that can look different for all of us. Sure. But I think um, I ask this question because I think it's something we talk about a lot, but it looks different for everyone. Yeah. But I'm trying to ask questions this morning that you probably wouldn't touch on when you're yeah. speaking. Yeah. So what does it look like for, for Jack McVicker? Susan and, Susan and I would be very different. For Susan, she's very um, disciplined, very methodical. Um, so she's got a chair in the house in our bedroom that she goes to with her Bible. And she systematically reads and so forth. Because I'm a preacher, I re- I'm reading the Bible all the time. What I find where God connects with me is through music. And uh, recently, to Susan's much annoyance, I've been listening to some very old gospel classics. And uh, whether it brings back my, my, my youth or what I was brought up with or, or songs that I heard in my 20s or whatever, but I really feel recently that's where God's been connecting and uh, ministering to me and bringing refreshment so Sue has to listen to you sing those in the house, is that? No, 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 no. <laughs> but she refuses to be in the same room as when I'm listening to them. <laughs> so what else, what else kind of keeps you going? Because obviously, I know um, being a pastor, it can be a long, hard slug and difficult yeah. at times. How, what does keep you going? How do you switch off? What, what do you do to keep yourself fresh? Uh, sport switches me on to sport and switches me off from, from uh, sort of hassles. I'm quite good at compartmentalizing things. Um, I'm quite good at walking out of a room and leaving the issue of the problem in the room, whereas Susan will mull over and mull, maybe I'm just a bloke. And I, <laughs> yeah. So I, I can, I can not, I love every one of you, but I can walk away and not bear everybody's burdens 24-7. And so I, I'm quite good at refreshing myself. But I find a walk in the countryside very refreshing. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Just going back as well, um, so the, the church was founded tw- 12 years ago, is that right? Uh, 2003. Okay, so the, the, I, mean, well, I think we've, we've heard various bits of that story before, yeah. but I'm trying to touch on the sense of just more you and in your heart and your kind of what, what you felt your calling was. I, I, I know you never particularly felt that you were going to be a pastor growing up particularly. Yeah, yeah. Did that? Is there a specific moment where that changed, or did it? Was it not really until you'd started the church where that changed? Was it something that you felt called to, or was it, you know, it, well, something it came later and you grew into? I think if God was to tell us the the end of our journey, for each one of us, we would be we'd be dismayed, and we would underestimate what we could achieve and what we could do. So I think often God doesn't tell you what what you're going to be doing. So so He doesn't overwhelm you with with the the possibilities. So with me, when we started the Freedom Center, there was four of us who, who began it, a couple, two couples, ourselves and another couple, and our families, and uh, Alison, uh, who you know, some of you know, and James Bullock, who I don't think any of you know. Um, and that was it, I think, and Will. And Will was around, was it all around? Yeah. A couple of weeks later, first... <laughs> He was our first, he, he, was late, he was two weeks late, but we're not surprised at that, are we? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I remember thinking, well, there's four of us, um, Susan is going to be doing the worship, uh, Pete, the other chap, I said, he's a good preacher, he's going to be doing the preaching, Rhiannon, his wife, she's good with kids, she'll be doing the kids, and I was quite happy to put, and I'm, I'm not saying this, but I was quite happy to put the chairs out, 
do whatever needed to be doing. And uh, so that was the four of us. But after a few, about four months or so, uh, Pete and Rhiannon felt that uh, they felt that they should start a church on the other side of town. And with our blessing and with our prayers and everything else, they went off to start Full Life Church, which you had Hannah and Steve, who now pastor that church, talk this morning. So I remember we had a meeting with them, and it was very amicable and so forth. But I remember going home and thinking, uh, I put the dog out the back door uh, late one night, and uh, that night, and thinking to myself, well, that's Pete and Rhiannon gone. Uh, I wonder who's going to do the preaching, thinking this good preacher's gone, you know, and, uh, and this isn't me. And I remember thinking, oh, I will. And that was it. And, and, uh, and people have been crying ever since. <laughs> no, um, and the last thing I ever wanted to be in the world, and this is a warning why I always say to people, don't say what you're going to say, is I never, ever wanted to be a preacher. I never wanted to hold one of these things. I had no interest in, in it at all. I loved the Lord, served in the church, but on a stage, no, it wasn't for me. I had two brothers and a sister who were doing all that, so I was quite happy to do uh, something else. And it was at that moment, that, that back door in my kitchen, that I suddenly felt, oh, I'll do the preaching. But I had no idea what that would lead to. If God had said, well, this will mean that you'll do this and this and you'll travel the world and you'll be preaching to sometimes small groups, sometimes huge groups, I would have run away. No, I'm sure. What, so what's, um, what surprised you about the journey of being a pastor? What is this, I imagine there's things that you thought you'd enjoy that you've not, things that you didn't think you'd enjoy that you've enjoyed. Has anything surprised you along the way? Well, I, w- I was brought up in a business, Tom will tell you this, but brought up in a business family and... Uh, we were worked hard as children. <laughs> Tom knows this too. Uh, long hours and, and, and so forth. And then all of us went into, first of all, into the business fields and did various jobs and so forth. Um, I was in business. I was in property. Um, I was in marketing. I was in various things. And uh, I've got to say, none of those things were as tough as being a church pastor. And I remember, and I've told you this before, um, Rob Parsons, who does care for the family, a lovely man. He, in the previous uh, life, he was a criminal barrister, a lovely, godly guy. And he said, I've been a partner in a, in a major law company. Let me tell you, it does not compare to being a pastor of a local church. <laughs> so... so uh, and I'm not, that's not giving you condemnation. I'm just telling you the spiritual dynamics of, of, of trying to be God's voice in God's house and trying to live God's way. So what, um, why do you keep going? <laughs> why do you keep getting up and doing this every day when it's so hard? Because God's called us. Um, and he gives you the strength. And uh, you, you wouldn't do it for people. Uh, you wouldn't do it as a job. But we do it because it's your passion and God's called you to do it. So you feel that um, passion... And, and enjoy it as well. So that accompanies the... Because it's one thing to say, um, I do it because I feel called, but you could hate it and not enjoy it. Yeah. But you feel like God has given you passion and enjoyment to, to kind of partner with the, the calling. No, no, I was brought up uh, with my brothers and sisters um, to love God's house and have a passion for God's house and be regularly in God's house. 
uh, sometimes four or five times in those days on a Sunday. So I have a passion for God's house and God's people. So if, if Susan had said to me, and, and uh, well she, she didn't, but what, where we are now with you guys is where I would have wanted to be today. I'm not just saying that. That's, that would be my heart. And what, um, so what, I mean, talking then about having a, you, you, you were brought up with passion for God's house. Do you, um, do you see that that is still kind of present in our culture today? Has that changed? If it's changed, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Or I, I think often as Christians, we don't realize how the enemy is trying to, to change our thinking and change our direction as Christians and take us in a, in a new way. And I think I've been, I've been, I realize more as I get older just how, as, I, as I'm not talking, I don't want to talk politics just now, but just how much governments shape our thinking and tell us what to think and make us think in a certain way. And I think the enemy does that too. I'm not saying the government is our enemy, but I'm just saying the, the enemy does that too. He tries to shape our thinking and tell us that this is a new way, this is a better way, this is better than the old. But David said, you know, that he yearned to go into God's house. And for me, nothing's changed since he was worshipping God and doing some crazy things. I always remember he said to his wife, I can be more crazy than what I'm <laughs> doing now, you know, uh, in his worship. And I think God's house and God's people, God's family, God's community, how th however that meets, you know, it's, it's, not, it's the people, not the steeple. But I think if we give up being together, because we all need each other, we really do. And to do it, try and do it on our own is, is not a good idea. Absolutely. I'm just going to ask uh, two more questions left. Um, the f this first one I watch, I think um, you, you talked about that time when you read that book, David Watson book, um, and that sort of time. So that kind of age that you were back then, and I'm going to ask you a specific question. Our makeup of our church is largely kind of, you know, the, my sort of generation. What would be a word to speak into kind of our specific generation, uh, just specifically men as well, just kind of that point that you were at then. Um, what, what would be something that you would want to challenge us with, something that you feel um, is missing at the moment or, or hurts you that it's missing, just something that you think particularly one, one area that you'd want to kind of hit us with? I'm not sure I want to hear the answer to this really, <laughs> but... I think, first of all... Um, not hitting you with anything, but encouraging guys that often guys feel a tremendous pressure of consciously or subconsciously of provision uh, in terms of financial provision, provision in terms of coming up to the mark of what a super lover, super husband is supposed to be, whatever that is. Susan will tell you later. Um, <laughs> uh, whatever that, because there's a pressure. The, the, Community in the world puts a pressure, you know. Like a lady feels the pressure of looks and, and hair and makeup and what, what the models look like. Well, guys feel a pressure too of providing and being there and the perfect father and, and for, for husband and father for the children and all sorts of, sorts of ways. So a, a tremendous encouragement to guys to, to not to... Not to crumble under that pressure, is what I would say. Um, 
So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is that I was, we were brought up with a, a text or a, a saying my mother used to drum into us, only what's done for Christ will last. And the older you get, 60, 60 sounds like 90, uh, the way these guys were talking today. But uh, uh, I'm only 60, rather than I've reached 60. Um, and uh, sorry, I've lost my train of thought now. But the, what was I saying there? I was, that's a test for you. Sorry? Yeah, only what's done for Christ will last. So yes, it's good to provide. Yes, it's good to, to have nice houses and, and do all these things. And I'm for those things rather than against those things. But actually, it's when you give a cup of water in his name, he's blessing you for doing it. When you, when you give, you know, we, we've taken our offering and we, the, 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 um, the tithes and offerings come in every month to the church, you know, and... God sees every single penny in the sacrifices we're doing in the building. You know, we've, we've got 4,000 to reach for the, another 4,000 for the building. God sees that investment, and that's what lasts, you know. That's what lasts in your family. And, and, and staying close to Jesus, guys, is the best thing that you can do for your family. It's not a 10 grand a month paycheck. It's not two or three promotions in, in two years. It's not the big house. It's not any of those things. It's, it's serving Jesus. And then if you're serving Jesus, your wife will love you more. You know, it's without being crude. That's the biggest turn on to a woman is for you to be more like Christ. That's, that's as, good as, <laughs> as yeah. good as I can say anyway. No, that's great. That's great. It's challenging and it's encouraging. Um, and I think that's just what you're... Uh, having spent so many years with you now, that's what, that's what you're so good at, you and Sue. Um, I love Jack and Sue. I think they're fantastic. They've sown into me and Sophie and my family so, so, so much, and I would not be who I am without them. There are times where I don't like Jack very much, and I don't like Sue very much, because he's willing, as a pastor, to ask me tough questions, and he's willing to, to not always just make it rosy and cushy for me, because he, he's, I know he sees the best in me. And so he's willing to do those things for me. And I think that is the sign of such the great pastor that he is um, and why we are honoring him today. So, Jack, thank you for answering my questions. I hope I've kind of uh, got something that encourages you or challenges you in some sort of way. Without Jesus, you know, um, we're clapping and we're cel- I know we're celebrating my birthday and I really appreciate everything that everyone's saying and, and doing. But, you know, it's all about Jesus. Jesus is why all of us are here. You know, we, some of us would have nothing in common if it wasn't for Jesus. And so it's all honor and uh, glory goes to him. And it, really, it really does. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.